It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Well, Miss Rusty, what's up, everyone? It is Monday. Show number two for today. It's going to be a shortened week today. There's only going to probably be shows, I believe, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. So you're getting them coming now. I think there should be uh, one of these episodes tomorrow and then one on Wednesday. That should be it. And so you guys get an easy week. You don't have to see me that much hear me that much however you're taking this in so thank you everyone for being here on the public access podcast the podcast here on the quantum global broadcasting network qgbn i think i said i'm your host rusty diamond if you don't know that you guys call in and leave a message that'd be cool you can do that i'll play it on the show it's easy 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 all you gotta do is just uh you know Call in, leave a message, 503-974-6420. Leave a message, or maybe don't like leaving messages. Messages? Messages? We don't leave no stinking messages. And maybe you're like that guy. So maybe not everyone likes leaving messages. That's cool, too. So if you don't want to, you don't have to. Just listen along, watch along, however you want to take it in. Maybe one day it'll be AR and I will be wherever you want me to be. Don't make me do anything too weird, though, with this augmented reality, because you can. Just because you can doesn't mean you need to. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I have a special guest today. And my special guest is right here and right now. Here and right here, right now, we have. Rachel Carter, and there she is. How you doing? Hello, Rachel? I'm Hello. good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's Monday, so yes, means it's a good good day. I like my Mondays. Always excited when a Monday shows up. Uh, not that there's really days off, but <laughs> you know, Monday is always good. I uh, I enjoy getting to. Not have to complain about Monday. There and you it, go. Get it out of the yeah. way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, it's good. You know, it's it's a fun day and I get to, yeah, get back to when everybody else is working. So I can go and give people the work that have off weekends and uh, let that stuff get done that I've been waiting for someone else to do. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, um that's kind of how it works out. And so, so you're, uh, I, th- I think you said you're in, you're near Portland, correct? Is that right? I am. Yeah. I'm in Milwaukee. So just Milwaukee. south of Portland. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause yeah, we were talking about it a little bit and I was trying to remember exactly where it was, but okay. So yeah, Milwaukee, uh, not, uh, I don't know if the Milwaukee came from, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, or do you know the story? You know, I read about it once upon a time when I first moved to Milwaukee. And yes, there is a link. It's the same name, basically. Um, and But they decided to change the spelling. Um, eventually, for a while, Milwaukee, Oregon was an EE, and then they switched it back and forth for a while. And then they finally decided to stick with the IE spelling. Um, to, I guess, differentiate us from the other Milwaukee. Which is uh, Algonquin for the good land. Right, uh, which obviously we I'm... don't have Algonquin here. So right. <laughs> we definitely, we, we kind of, you know, stole the name from the original Milwaukee. Right. Like, uh, well, like Portland. Uh, exactly. Well. Coin toss. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, coin toss. It could have been Boston. Could have exactly. been Boston, Oregon. And, uh, yeah. That'd have been odd. Been pretty odd. I haven't been to Portland, Maine yet. So maybe maybe someday I'll head out there. There's a uh, a Portland, Connecticut here. And it was 
it's bizarre. They have signs up there that what did it say? It was like uh, it was like Portland support our police or something to that effect, <laughs> which was odd. As which you know, I had to, of course share to uh, you know friends back home and like wait right. a minute. I'm like, well, okay, this is Portland, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, totally little, different little Portland, <laughs> a little different Portland, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, Milwaukee, yeah, great, great place. Uh, yeah, I love it here. Oh, it's, yeah, the up and coming area. It's uh, so. How much of Portland is coming down into there now? Is it? Uh, is there? There's still a little bit of a separation or it's not really, honestly. Um, it's pretty much, we used to live closer to the Milwaukee Portland border and it really was just like one side of the street was Milwaukee and the other side was Portland in that particular area of town. Um, now I guess I technically live in unincorporated Clackamas County, but I still consider myself in Milwaukee. Um, so half my mail comes to Portland there, you know, because they don't exactly know what to call my area, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting pretty muddled, uh, where they meet together. So. Uh, I, before I moved, I was in unincorporated Clackamas County as well, but, uh, I was out in, well, it was. I guess technically it would have been like Damascus, but okay. uh, Damascus is no longer anything. Damascus, I forgot when it was. I want to say it was maybe around 2015 or so. There was a whole bunch of corruption within the city and they decided to just, uh, it was so bad. They just closed the whole city oh, down and just went into boring. So oh, I had not heard that. Yeah, I, I had neither until I, I was living there. And then, um, yeah, I found out that, okay, so it's, so I guess I was living in Boring, but the, yeah, the address still said Damascus, but yeah, there's no Damascus post office anymore, no Damascus okay. City Hall. But, but yeah, it seemed that the border right there, um, I mean, you tell someone you live in Milwaukee from Portland they're starting to know people are starting to know Milwaukee. Um, it used to be like 10 years ago, you told someone you lived in Milwaukee or Lake Oswego or Tigard or, you know, one of those places they'd have no clue, never heard of the place. And yeah. uh, now, now it seems it's, uh, it's definitely, little... it's yeah. People seem to recognize it. It's funny though, because when we first moved here and that was, 13 years ago, somewhere around there, I would, and we were living in Beaverton at the time. Oh, okay. Um, so across the river. Um, and uh, I would tell people, oh yeah, we bought a house in Milwaukee. We're moving to Milwaukee. And most of the people I told would be, would be like, ew, why? And I was just like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. You know, every town's going to have its, you know, good areas and bad areas. But I, I found Milwaukee incredibly charming. And since we moved here, anytime I say, oh, I'm from Milwaukee, the attitude has completely changed. And now people are like, oh, I love Milwaukee. It's so cute. And, you know, so clearly there used to be a stigma against Milwaukee. And now it, it's gone or, you know, for the most part, it's gone. So I, I just found that rather interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even just the, you know, the downtown area and the yeah, last yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. 10 years and ever since, and then ever since they brought in that max line, whenever mm -hmm. that, I don't even know when that was, that's probably 10 years ago, somewhere in there. Uh, that they brought somewhere that between in. five and 10. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It was around for a minute before I left. And uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all just, uh, yeah could be yeah could be five years could be 10 years i don't know right. somewhere yeah somewhere sort of in there um and so yeah you went out to uh, milwaukee and yeah made it made it out there and then you know got were you were you already writing before you were in milwaukee or was milwaukee your your muse well 
So I've been trying to be a writer for most of my adult life, but what does that mean? It just, I would get story ideas and I would sit down and write like a chapter or two and then, you know, life would get in the way and I just, I, I would put it aside and never revisit it. Um, but I, in the back of my mind, I was always like, I would love to be an author. Like that is a dream of mine. So um, I think I was still in Beaverton when I got the idea for the book series that I'm working on right now. And again, that was probably 15, 14 years ago, something like that when I first got the idea. Um, but then, you know, I got married and I started a family. Um, and so between babies and, you know, other life changes, I would work on my idea in fits and starts. Um, so I'd write a couple chapters and then I would like put it away for a couple of years, but the entire time be thinking about it. Oh, and like, okay. So you're still working you know, on it. Yeah. So, um, finally about five years ago I got serious and I was like okay now is the time to finish this book because I had most of it written and this was the farthest I'd ever gotten with one of my projects and like I said this idea had been living in my head rent-free for years and years um so I finally was just like nope I'm gonna I'm gonna get it written and I did and then I let it sit for another couple of years after that because you know fear of putting myself out there and, um, and finally I, I let one of my friends read it and, um, she loved it and was like, you have to publish this. And so I still waited a little bit longer, but finally, um, January 1st of 2022. So new year's day, I woke up and I was like, you know what I need, I need to do this. I need to get this out. So, um, it had already been written, um, but it still needed to be professionally edited and everything. So um, I took it upon myself um, to, I, I gave myself a deadline of my birthday that for that year, which is, which is uh, end of April, end okay. of April. So I gave myself almost five months, basically. That's pretty short time. It's a very short time frame. Yes. Yeah. Um, but How I long? found an editor. I did all the things and I published a week before my birthday. So How I did it. How many pages is that? <laughs> um, it's, 300 and some change it's um the first one's around ninety-two thousand words i believe so okay because the yeah. guy i was talking to this morning was saying that he uh his first book uh was like 140 pages and took him a year for yeah. uh editing back and forth and i've heard a lot of people say a lot of other things for editing so you must have had it pretty well uh, i had it pretty well locked down yeah. i did a number of self edits myself um, before I sent it off to my editor and, you know, she still had some decent changes, but nothing significant. Um, wow. She told me it was a relatively clean manuscript. Um, so yeah. And then I just, I hired a, a cover artist and, you know, did the formatting myself and got it out into the world. Um, the second book took me way less time. Um, Again, I started writing it before I'd even published the first one. So it was mostly done by the time I published the first one. And so I was able to get that one out in November of 2022. Um, but my third book just came out in June. And I it took me about a year to, from from start to finish, it took about a year to, to get it out there. So that's that's kind of my, my time frame for books now, apparently. <laughs> so were you in the mindset of them the, your pub or your publisher or editor saying uh this is not what it needs to be at all i'm gonna like destroy this and not destroy it but yeah that wasn't take a away thought your, your head yeah no um so the reason that i decided to self-publish one of the reasons um was that i i did want to keep the creative control over my series um i had from from the beginning, I had a four book series planned. Um, I had kind of things mapped out in my head as to what I wanted to happen in each of the books. Um, 
And I have heard quite a few horror stories from people who are traditionally published where they have an idea, they have books planned out, they get it, the, they get the first one traditionally published, and the publisher is like, this is great, but we're only going to allow you to do two books of the series, or they're going to do like a wait and see. And then since the first book or two doesn't sell well, they just nix the rest of the books. And I didn't want that to happen. Um, so I definitely felt that self-publishing was the right way to go because I had this in my head and I wanted to stick with it. And I didn't want some publisher to be like, this is good, but we want to make, you know, some serious changes to everything. So, I mean, how much of a, I don't know what the term would be. Uh, uh, I don't. It's it's a tough term. Uh, so like someone that would be kind of doing it just for. I don't know, to to be able to say they're they're, you know, published by someone. But is there you know. Is it worth that money or would it be better just to go and get someone who's good at marketing to be able to do it um, and probably save money and then not be under all the constraints of a publisher just to yeah be like in some sort of, I don't know the term. Of, you know, I would say that publishing arc. is a really, <laughs> it's a really personal thing. Like every single author I know has a different journey than me, even though most of the people I, I talk with are self-published, you know, we each have our own way of doing things and, you know, who we go through for um, like printing and distri distribution or, you know, how we do editing. Some people like myself, I hired a professional editor. Some people do swaps with friends for editing, you know, so there's all sorts of ways to publish. Um, and each one is kind of just a personal journey, honestly, even though we're, we all have the same end goal. Um, yeah, so there's hopefully. ways to save money. Um, if that's a concern, um, I do Was think money a concern? no, luckily for me, I have a very supportive husband who is okay with me spending money to do things as professionally as possible. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I, was it was it worth it if you're telling somebody else? Uh, hopefully, you know, or is it you know? Yeah, is it worth it? Is it something that's needed for someone to be able to do it most of the time? Not not you know. There, of say, course, there's exceptions. Absolutely, there's always exceptions, but I would say yes, it's absolutely worth the money to hire somebody to professionally edit your manuscript. I thought I had you know, a pretty clean book, um, you know, ready to go kind of thing. Um, and then I handed it to my editor. And again, she told me it was it was pretty clean. But <laughs> even yeah, with that, but... there was an awful lot of red on the pages. So um, it really was kind of eye opening to me to be like, oh, well, here's some things that I didn't really do well. Um, and, you know, what I've taken away from this is every single book she's told me that I've gotten to be a stronger writer. Um, so just getting her feedback on the first book, I was like, oh, I shouldn't do this when I'm writing. I should do it this way. And so I changed some of my writing habits to reflect what she wanted in the first book. And so each manuscript has, you know, just continued to um get better i would say with my writing and everything and less work for her in the long run <laughs> right and so then are you using uh amazon kdp for your publishing i or? i'm using it for my ebook um i decided to publish wide for my ebooks um so i use kdp but i'm also through barnes and noble kobo um draft to digital all of those but I do use KDP for my ebook. Um, I'm using Ingram Spark for my physical copies because they are one of the biggest distribution um, places for indie authors and they distribute to Amazon. So, um, and honestly, I, I did try to use Amazon for one of my paperbacks and it was 
um, it, 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 it was a nightmare, honestly. It just, it didn't work and I just gave up, honest, and, and just, yeah, I, I gave up, so. So then with the distributor, are they print on demand or is it, did you have yeah, to basically. buy? Okay, that's good. So yeah, I, like I keep saying, I have, uh, I have, I not have, I had an uncle. Thumbs up on that one. Um, for anyone who's listening, sorry. Uh, who had a, he had a book and uh, it was a book about, uh, you know, an, an end of days kind of prophecy kind mm -hmm. of book. And his whole garage was full of that book. Uh, oh my gosh, yes. I have heard time. stories. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's vanity publishers that like force you to, buy boxes of your books and then that's that you know it's all up to you to get rid of them basically right yeah and then you're giving them for stocking stuffers for you yeah. know for 25 years or so and everyone has your book and yeah it's it's such a good thing like with that and with um you know with, with t-shirts and uh stuff of that nature all, all the stuff being print on demand is such a huge bonus. I mean, it's it's yeah. good to have, you know, so maybe some copies, maybe have like- oh, Absolutely. You know, I usually order 10, a box. Yeah, I, I order a box at a time. So it's usually between 15 and 20 copies, uh, depending on if it's hardback or paperback but, that I have on hand because I do um, quite a few in-person sales here and there. Um, like at but, a yeah. Barnes and Noble sitting down signing autographs. I haven't and tried stuff. Barnes and Noble, but um I so I'm part of an organization called NIWA, which is Northwest Independent Writers Association. Okay. And so it's for indie authors um in the Pacific Northwest. Um and they do event booths throughout the event season um where they open it up to the members and there's like a table fee um usually between five and ten dollars per title oh, so you that's pay not that at all. yeah exactly so you pay the table fee um to get your books onto the the table for the event and then um you can also sign up to volunteer for the event and okay. um i volunteer a lot because a I think it's really fun to meet potential readers and just talk with people who are excited about books um, but I also tend to sell quite a few of my own books at those events um, more so than if I didn't volunteer so I like to volunteer because <laughs> you know I, I make some pretty good money over the summer doing that and you um, make more personal fans yes. who are gonna know you as Rachel like, hey, I met Rachel here and she's cool. I'm going to go and, uh, you know, follow her on social media and make yeah, sure I know absolutely. what was coming up. I met her. She was she was a good person to meet. And it's not just someone with a book. I wonder if this person's a dick. I, you know, I don't I don't right. know. And, <laughs> right. I'd like just, to think just, I'm not a dick, but. You know. right. Yeah, <laughs> just just right up. Like, OK, well, I, I know her. You know, it's a good thing. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, absolutely. So, so yeah, um, doing in-person events like that um, is a great way to meet, you know, future readers and just, I don't, like I said, I enjoy talking to people and, and especially people that are passionate about reading. So it's really fun. So what about, um, I, I feel stupid right now. Um, uh, I keep thinking borders, but it's not borders. The 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 biggest bookstore in Portland, and I I'm oh, blanking house. Okay, yes, I'm just totally blanking on it. I'm like, what? <laughs> why, why am I thinking borders? I'm like, what? What year is this? Borders yes, hasn't been around borders. for yeah. so long. Um, um I know uh, you, that my books with... are on their website. Um, honestly, I haven't gone in to talk to them, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, I was really afraid of first publishing my books and I've gotten past that. And now I'm afraid of going into bookstores and talking to people to try to get them to carry my books. So that's my new fear. <laughs> What's the fear? I, um, I'm really, I'm an introvert and I'm pretty shy for the most part. So um, 
which is funny because I love doing events and stuff and, um, and I love talking events. to people. But um, when it comes to me trying to market my own books, especially in person, I, it, it, I just kind of, I don't know, it, I freeze up sometimes. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to do. So it's, it's one of the things that I need to work on next. Um, Hypnosis. <laughs> yeah. I know a guy, if you don't, if you don't want to with me, go online and go to hypnosis for that. Uh, if you ever, you know, if you're feeling yeah. it. I mean, honestly, I can do it. I did talk to Barnes and Noble once about like I was, you know, but they handed me a card and said, talk to the manager. And I never did. Um, so, but I did to. it. They, it they was wanted just... you to talk to them. Well, <laughs> all for you. okay, go talk to him. Here's a card. Go I think it was more him. like, oh man, another indie author. Here's the manager's card. Go talk to him. You know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it is a me thing and it's something that I need to work on. Definitely. And you know that. You know that it's yeah. a you thing. And the only, the only person who can make it different would be you. Exactly. It's it's not some external force. It's it's you. All you have to do is just go out there and do it. Exactly. And that it was the exact, so easy. Yeah. It I mean that that was exactly my roadblock with publishing my first book. Like I, I literally sat on it for years because I was just like, I know I, I just need to do these steps, but it's really hard and, you know, it's scary um, putting yourself how'd out there. Out? How'd that turn out? I, great. I'm super happy. So I know, Steve, <laughs> this is the thing. Hand, <laughs> you, know, you know, you were right about that one. It seems like you, yep. you're, you're already, you're already it's baby right steps, there. baby yep. stepping my way there. So, yep. You and, uh, and Bill Murray. Um, and, uh, yes. What about uh, Bob? What about Bob? Thank you. Yeah. My mind's not going today. It's not firing on all the cylinders. I guess it's Monday. Um, yeah. It, okay. So it's Monday. I didn't have my coffee before my first call. So ah, I did on this one, but um, it was a while ago. So yeah. But um, so yeah, baby steps, and so then uh, you met any other authors along the way that you've kind of you know thought about like maybe working with them or at least like found them to be someone that was enjoyable to talk to or um, absolutely interesting to talk to you don't have to name names if you don't want to but yeah no, I assume I've met... probably be a pretty yeah variety of people pretty big variety well the uh the Niwa group that I'm a part of, um, I've met quite a few authors th through that, um, both by volunteering with them or uh, online during the meetings. Um, and I've actually become friends with some of them. Um, and then also um, another indie author in Milwaukee started what she calls the Scribblers Club um, for um, speculative fiction. Um, so fantasy and sci-fi um, and horror. And, um, and so she started that uh, beginning of the summer, maybe May of this year. And I started to attend that and gotten to be friends with her as well. Um, and, you know, meeting other authors that are in the area. Um, some of them are already published. Some of them are working on their first book, so they're not published yet. Um, but exciting. yeah, just making those connections. And, you know, I... I do suffer from imposter syndrome pretty badly, How which so? I know is a very common thing for authors. Um, and part of it is because I have a degree in zoology and I don't have, you know, I, I took the basic writing classes in college and stuff, but I don't have a degree in English or literature or, you know, anything like that. So I feel like I just basically, I didn't wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously know what I'm doing, but um, I didn't take classes or go to college specifically to be an author. So sometimes when I'm around people who did those things, I'm like, yeah, there's just me. Hi, I, I just decided to randomly be an author, you know. Um, and so sometimes I feel that way when I'm meeting other authors, um, which, again, is totally a me problem. Um, and uh, somebody actually told me the other day that it's a good thing that I have imposter syndrome because 
Um, usually people who know what they're doing are the only ones that have that. So that was very nice of him to say. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, and so then with uh, being in Milwaukee, is there uh, any, do you guys do stuff with like comic books or, or, is, or is that like a separate thing between novels and comic books with Dark Horse there? Um, I mean, I don't know anybody who has done anything like that. Um, I've often thought that my books would really be fun to be in graphic novel form. Um, so Dark Horse is right there. Right I know. There, right? Downtown Milwaukee. I know. <laughs> and we also have Things from Another World, which is in downtown Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, and they sell comic books and graphic novels and everything like that. So, um, yeah. How's your art? Your, you know, uh, as far as not, you know, like art in a general form, but yeah. art in a uh, making graphic novels form. I feel like mine wouldn't be strong enough. I am an artist, um, but I've always had a hard time drawing people, and I never, you know, I don't know, studied like the proper shading and stuff that you usually see in like graphic art and, um. So I don't know, it would have to be a huge undertaking for me to do the actual art for my own book. Um, but having said that, it might be something to pursue in the in the future. Well, I mean, there's AI, you can draw very simple people and make them, uh, they'll, you know, you can draw basically stick figures and it'll do the, make the people look great if uh, that's ever something then, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I don't know. I'm I'm or, I'm still on the fence about this AI thing. So yeah, that that that's something. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, right now it can do most everything. It could do this podcast better than I can do this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> like everything, like all my music, all my uh, all my podcasts. Uh, you know, right, right, music, uh, writing, writing, and so like I know writing, I don't you don't touch it. I don't touch AI for yeah. my writing for anything. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's interesting um, with all that. And right. it's so then, okay, so then I, I have questions I usually like to rattle off when I'm sure. talking with other um, writers. So when you write, are you writing, do you do a, uh, an outline? Or do you sniff a bunch of coke and just go on and on and on like Stephen King and just stop when, you know, don't know where you're going and just sort <laughs> right. of go and then just get to somewhere and that's where you are? Or um, are you a fill in the blank with the ideas all neatly thought out or somewhere yeah, in between? Yeah, um, definitely not the coke one. Um, okay. And I don't typically do like a really precise outline. Um, I'm kind of probably more on the what they call the pantser side side of things versus plotting but basically when I have an idea for a book um, I usually have the beginning and the ending and then a couple points in between so and so then it's and then it's just going from the beginning to the first point and like what happens and whatever happens in between those two points I don't know like sometimes things happen that kind of surprise me but I just go with it um, and while I'm writing and, you know, plodding along through, through my manuscript, I will sometimes, like if an idea comes to me for something later on in the story, I will go to a separate Google Doc and like write it out real fast. Like, oh, maybe this happens at this point, you know, and so that it's there. Um, so it's not really an outline per se, because I'm kind of still making it up as I go. <laughs> right. Just having those um, little points to be able to put in there when they, yeah, when they fit. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. And like, you know, even my chapters are very loosey goosey. I don't think, oh, I want my chapter to start like this and end like this. I just write and then I create a break. Um and so half the time, I don't even like label it as a chapter as such. It's just a break in the story. And it could be the start, you know, it could be where a chapter begins and ends. Um, but it, it, I do tend to have um, some breaks within the chapter as well, a lot of times. So, um, 
and I, I am the type that I like to, I like to end like half of my chapters kind of on cliffhangers. So, uh, so I was just going to ask. It. And uh, you're like, ah, oh, I want to see what happens next kind of thing. Not, so Not going to bed yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just one other chapter. I'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the other thing I wanted to ask was, so when you're writing then, are you on a... Uh, are you writing in a journal? Are you writing on a, a legal pad? Are you writing on your phone, on a bar napkin, on a typewriter, on your computer, on a stone or chisel, or on a yeah. stone with a chisel? <laughs> <laughs> so when I first started years ago, I would do a lot of handwriting. So my first book, Unfamiliar Territory, started out on one of those yellow like pads yep. yeah beautiful um and uh i wrote like the first chapter like that and a previous book that still hasn't seen the light of day which i got pretty far on um you know years ago i wrote i hand wrote most of that one as well and then i was just like well i gotta transfer this to a computer so transcribing my handwritten notes to the computer was a process in and of itself. Um, so I eventually wised up and decided that that was too much work for me. And so I started typing directly onto my computer, which took some getting used to, honestly. Um, I thought that, you know, typing versus writing would disrupt my flow of creativity. Um, and it might have initially, but then I kind of got used to it and I adapted really easily. Cool. Um, so then I just started on my computer, but it was it was like an actual computer. So it was like in my office. I couldn't go anywhere with it. And that started to stymie me a little bit because I'd be oh. in my bedroom and be like, oh, I want, you know, I want to write this scene. And but, you know, sitting down at my actual computer sometimes um, wasn't a great spot for me to be writing. So um, for one of my birthdays, I think it was the birthday after I published my first book, my husband bought me a Chromebook, um, which is actually what I'm on right now. And uh, that gave me the freedom to write wherever I wanted to. And it's been great. I love it so much. Most of the time I'm just on my bed with the Chromebook in my lap typing away. But I've written while I've waited for my kids at school pickup, you know, so just in my car randomly. Um, yeah, so I can take it wherever I want. It's been great for taking it on, you know, trips like to visit family and stuff. You know, I can sit there and, yeah. you know, if I have a, a spare hour, I can sit there and type away. So um, I definitely definitely having that freedom to be wherever I want to be in the house to write has really helped me out. So I love I love having the Chromebook. So how do you carry it around? Or do you carry it around everywhere or where don't you carry it I don't it carry it around? around everywhere. Um, okay. I'll just grab it if I feel like I need to be working on it still. Um, and, you know, just hide it under the seat in my car sometimes if I if I'm going to be like at the grocery store or something. But for the most part, it stays at home. I don't take it out with me that often. So I was going to ask, are there certain places you don't take it? Yeah, pretty much or... everywhere. Um, but like I said, on occasion, if I know that it's going to take a while to pick up my kids um, and I have nothing else to do, I'll grab it and work on it in the car. It's a little awkward, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it can be. I make but it work. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And then so then with back to the legal pad. Yeah. Are you where's your perfectionist level would that ever be something you would want to go and take those pages directly and put them uh as they are just photocopied or whatever you know whatever that is scanned yeah. i guess now yeah. and made that into a book putting those uh, all into a collection like that or is that something that you would not want the public to see i don't know i don't think i mean i i i'm thinking back to how i wrote it and it was pretty similar to what ended up on the actual pages of the book um it's chicken scratch i don't know if anybody would be able to read it um as is but um writing wise like the words themselves i feel are pretty close to what ended up making the cut and 
I could totally see like not not a blooper reel, but like, hey, this is how it started and this is how it ended and you know, that kind of thing. So because I think that could be pretty inspiring for people who maybe are thinking about writing to be able Absolutely. to see something like that and not just only seeing the finished product, being able to see right. something along the way. Um, yeah. You know, uh, some if you ever get stuck. Also, if you ever get stuck, if you ever get uh, where, where, okay, that's another question. How do you feel about writer's block? Is it a thing? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So if you ever get writer's block, uh, maybe not me, but some other hypnotist, I have an idea for any author for how to make sure they will have something to write about 100% for sure, seeing vividly what is happening. Um, hmm. well, so what I do uh, with that, so for there's a, so past life regression or whatever people may call it mm -hmm. is what I go and I take the people on who get writer's block and you'll see something a hundred percent for sure that will be mind blowing. So if you ever get into something and like I said, doesn't have to be me, but maybe some other hypnotist tell them you want to do a past life regression, maybe not even a hypnotist. They have a lot of other people who are not hypnotists, but if that's ever something you get stuck and you need something that's, uh, pretty pretty darn yeah cool. it blew my mind the first time I did it and that was like one of the first things I thought of was any author would if they ever get stuck on something and need something to write about this would be the thing right now right so, right yeah well not, you not know I've me. I've had dreams that I swear were past lives and you know very very vivid and um yeah, so I actually get a lot of my ideas from my dreams, um, including this series that I'm working on right now. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Are you, are you waking up and writing? Is it like, uh, was it uh, was it Dolly that did that uh, with his paintings? That like he would oh. he slept terribly, and like he would wake up at weird times and start painting. So like he was still like kind of in that sleep state and right so that's why no, stuff I, was kind of wacky or, I don't, or you just guess i i just you know i i value my sleep too much so i usually wake up and then go right back to bed but a lot of times when these specific dreams happen they really stick with me even the next morning oh wow okay. um and uh if that's the case, because sometimes i'll wake up and be like oh that's a really good idea for a book and then i fall asleep and then i wake up again i'm like I don't really remember what happened. And now that I'm thinking about it, that probably wasn't the greatest idea. But other times I wake up, fall back asleep, wake up again, and I'm still just like, yes, this, this is, this is happening. So, um, you know, unfamiliar territory was one of those um, moments. And in fact, the, it was just a scene, a single scene. And I built this four book series around it don't ask me how i did that um but the scene does make it into the first book or at least you know most okay. of the scene does um and uh yeah so i just i do have these very vivid dreams sometimes and i will wake up and be like okay this is an idea like i can i can roll with this and obviously things change along the way um but it definitely was inspired by one of my dreams. So, okay. Well, cool. Well, that's a good way to do it. Do what? What was the scene? Uh, or is that gonna? Is that a pivotal point to the so, story that cannot be? No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I, basically, um, I was my main character, although she wasn't a main character yet, and I was in an abandoned building and in my dream it was like a gas station in the middle of the woods but I changed it into an old school for the book um and I went into the bathroom and there was this girl in there and she was like kind of upset and I went to comfort her and she got mad at me and then all of a sudden she tr she changed into this giant werewolf and like just started like trashing the bathroom and so I got out of there by turning into a cat and finding this 
large black dog in the woods. And I was like, there's a werewolf in the bathroom. And he's like, oh, show me. And so I took him back and he's like, that's not a werewolf. That's a, that's a girl. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So that was basically my dream. And from that, um, I created my main character and the black dog is in there. He, um, he's her, um, her business partner. Um, she herself is, is a bounty hunter who, who specializes in supernatural creatures. So I basically built this idea all around this one scene. And um, yeah. At the bounty hunter? Like dog the bounty hunter? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Never made that connection, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, so one, one more thing I was going to ask about that. So the part about the cat was that with your kid, so with the character, are you having, like, where, where do you, like, really know? Like if the cat is in any situation, can you tell what the cat would do in any situation as far as uh, like the guy who taught me about character development and wrestling told me, he said, the way you can tell, you know, your character is if your character goes into a restaurant like McDonald's and orders something and they screw up the order. And you know what that character is going to do, how the character is going to react when they find out the order is messed up. Uh, is that something that you you could figure out with how your character would act in that oh, situation? Yeah. Or do you? I mean, she definitely lives in my mind and she's similar to me in some ways, but really different from, from me and others. Um, so yeah, I could totally see how she would react. Um, and as you know, the, her story progresses, I, I do have those kinds of scenarios where I'm just like, okay, how would she act? You know, how would she react to this happening? And on occasion, she surprises me a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I'm just like, yeah, this, this seems like something that she would do. So yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, she she's a little brash. Um, she's very like, where I'm shy, she's just like, here I am. But also she has that insecurity deep inside. So it's a lot of an act for her. Gotta have that. Um, yeah. She she has a job that she's the only female um, in the area. Like everybody else, it's, it's a man's job, you know. And she has a lot to prove um, to be accepted. Um, so she does have to kind of put on this this tough guy act, even though she's like five foot three and tiny. Um, uh, and that really does kind of shape some of her interactions and it depends on who she's talking to as well. Like if it's a stranger, she's going to be that tough person, but if it's somebody she knows, she has that softer, more insecure side to her. So, um, yeah. Okay. And so where are, so you said you, people can find your book in a lot of different places or not book, book, books plural yes. i have books, three right plural. now um i'm working on the fourth and last one in the series right now and i'm hoping to have that out um early 2024 but um i have my own website um where you can find all of my books and that's www.rlindsaycarter.com and that's Lindsay with an ay not an ey because that's how my parents spelled it um forget those ey Lindsay with an ey uh no. <laughs> Not good. it's the more they, common spelling though so they, sometimes they, that trips people yeah. up they're they're like the sarah with s-a-r-a's and not s-a-r-a-h's uh, right exactly so look into um, that think about that one yeah like, <laughs> the oh there's totally know. a difference i mean we um like uh we when we were trying to figure out names for our our second daughter and we thought about Nora, but both of us agreed that we wanted it with an H on the end instead of just the A. Um, we didn't end up going with that name, but it was important to us. So yeah, I totally get those little tiny distinctions. They make a difference, but yes, Rachel, um, rlindsaycarter.com uh, 
Um, and that has links to my books. It has links to all of my social media. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and threads now. Um, not that I've done much with threads, but um, and then I'm also on TikTok if people like to see me talking in front of a camera. <laughs> what do you do on TikTok? Um, I do, I don't know, a wide variety of stuff. Um, okay. A lot of it I, is I like book related. But, you know, sometimes I'll give updates on what I'm doing. Sometimes um, I will show my book more. So, you know, market my book as much as possible. Um, I, sometimes I'm goofy. Sometimes I'm more serious. I'm just all over the place with TikTok. So <laughs> as TikTok is. Yes. And so do you know how your book is the series is ending? Yes. You don't, you, yeah, don't, don't I, tell I do. me this. I, I'm but, not going to yeah, say okay. anything. I don't want to ruin okay. anything, but you know I, how it is, it is you know fully written. Um, I'm, I'm self-editing right now um, and I'm planning on giving it to my editor in November. So oh, okay. it's, it's finished ish, but uh, yeah, still needs some fine tuning. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, Hey, well, Rachel, thank you for being on here. I very much enjoyed talking with you and yeah. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. This has been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. We'll awesome. Stay in touch, Thank right? you. you. Thank bet. you so much. Oh, now I messed it up. Now it's going to be awkward. Awkward second <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. That's Rachel Carter. Um, check her out. Read her books. You guys or read, read books. Read her books. She's got some. She's got three out already. There's going to be a fourth. So. You can go have time to get caught up. So get reading, get reading. And you guys, thank you for listening to the show, the public access podcast on the quantum global broadcasting network, QGBN. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?